Welcome to the One God Report podcast. I'm here with Preston Macy and my wife Stephanie Schlegel, and I'm Bill Schlegel, and we love the scriptures. We want to just take a few moments to look into a couple of different passages, one in the book of Matthew and another one in 2 Corinthians. After we've come to an understanding that there is one God and his Messiah, Jesus, whom God raised from the dead, many people came to us and said, well, what about uh, Matthew chapter 28, verse 19? Isn't that a verse that describes there's a trinity, that God is three persons in one? And also, how about 2 Corinthians 13, 14? Isn't this a verse that shows that God is Father, and God is Son, and God is the Holy Spirit? So let's take a look at those verses here today. Why don't we start with Matthew 28, 19. This is at the very end of the book of Matthew, after Jesus has been raised from the dead, and he's in Galilee on a mountain, and uh, a number of people see him. And Jesus, in verse 18, says, Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always to the close of the age. So some would point this verse out and say, hey, look, right here, here's the Father, here's the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Isn't this three persons in one God? Well, it does mention the three, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. But it doesn't actually do any teaching on their relationship to each other or who each of them are. So you have to come in here with an understanding that they're all one, that they're part of a group called the Trinity. If you read this verse on your own, you've never read the Bible before in your life, you're never going to come out with a thorough teaching of the Trinity. You're just going to come out with, there are three things in the process of baptism, somehow. And we'll Mm. have to look at other verses to really get a sense of what's going on there. Yeah, the scripture here doesn't say that these are three persons Mm -hmm. in one God, right? Right. As a matter of fact, just the verse right before where Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Well, that would imply that he is not God, since God does not receive all authority from anybody. So, right in the verse just previous to this, we can see that Jesus is Clearly, I think it's fair to say that he's not God if he's receiving authority from someone else. Mm -hmm. So it's not that we're saying, oh, we don't believe in God the Father. Oh, we don't think there's the Son of God. Very clearly, the Son of God is a precious, he's our Lord. He's not our God, but there is the Son of God and there's the Spirit of God. Now, let's keep in mind, there's no such thing as God the Son, or God the Spirit. That's mm-hmm. not what the text is saying. Right. They're not calling Jesus the Son. They're not calling him God here. So, yes, of course, there's the one God who's called the Father in the Scriptures, and there's the Son of God, Jesus, his human Messiah, who was born as a child, as a baby, and was raised as a child, grew in wisdom and stature with God and man. And then there's the Spirit of God, So, 
Yes, I think we all would agree that in some ways the Spirit of God is God. Mm -hmm. God is mm -hmm. Spirit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. How would you define, how, how would you maybe describe the Spirit of God? It's God's working power and presence in our lives, right? It's how God is with us, just like the Bible says that mm -hmm. God is with us. And he was with others in the Old Testament, many others. I recently finished reading the book of Daniel, and actually four times in the book of Daniel, it talks uh, well of Daniel. And because, like for one reference is Daniel 5, uh, verse 4 King Nebuchadnezzar recognized Daniel that he's outstanding because the Spirit of God is in you hmm. Hmm. and that light and understanding and excellent wisdom are found in you. He has the Spirit of God, so that's what makes him special. Mm -hmm. And having this wisdom and understanding, it comes from God. He has the Spirit of God, not God the Spirit, but it's the Spirit of God with Daniel in the Old Testament. Hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's the way, the way God works in the lives of people, the power and presence mm -hmm. of God. It is also the way that Jesus, because at the very end of Matthew, some people who think that Jesus is God would say, well, isn't Jesus with us? Behold, I am with you always to the end mm -hmm. of the age. The Spirit is the conduit in which Jesus can be with us as well. Mm -hmm. Jesus is not personally with us, right? It is through the Spirit. Mm -hmm. yeah. How that works... I'm not sure how that works. Yeah, and he has been raised immortal. Mm -hmm. right? Jesus Christ has been raised immortal now. I think a couple of verses that help us understand that the Spirit of God is the power of God at work in our midst is a comparison of the description of Jesus as to how he is able to cast out demons. In Matthew 12, 28, uh, Preston, you've got that verse there, right? Yep, it says, but if it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Okay, so there Jesus says it's by the Spirit of God that he casts out demons. You know the kingdom of God has come upon you. Whereas in the parallel description in Luke chapter 11, verse 20, Steph, you got that? Mm -hmm. But if I cast out demons with the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Okay, so there Jesus says, if I cast out demons by the finger of God. So the finger of God is the same as the Spirit of God, showing it's the power of God. Mm -hmm. It's by the power of God that Jesus is able to cast out demons. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not some other person of the Trinity that, that somehow has this mm -hmm. power. Mm -hmm. I think when people see this, they see it's the Father that's doing the work. Just like it was the Father that was doing the work in Jesus, was giving Jesus the words to say. Jesus was obedient. That's how he only spoke the words that the Father gave him. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It's the power of God at work right. in and through Jesus. Mm -hmm. yep. Also, concerning the Spirit of God, let's look at a couple of verses in the book of Acts that I think help clarify for us what the Spirit of God is. And if we look at Acts chapter 10, verse 38, where Peter is describing to the Gentile Cornelius the, the ministry of Jesus. And he describes uh, how God has, was at work in Jesus. In Acts chapter 10, verse 38, I can read that one. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed by the devil, 
for God was with him. So like in our passage in Matthew 28, we can see a differentiation between God on the one hand and Jesus on the other hand, Jesus of Nazareth, the human being. Peter says that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Spirit and with power. There, It's almost like a, a parallel mm -hmm. right? with the Holy Spirit and with power. So God anointed him with his power. He enabled Jesus to do these things, to do good and to heal the oppressed. For God was with him. Mm -hmm. So if God was with him, that means that Jesus is not God. Mm -hmm. God you know what's interesting about this too is... Unlike the verse in Matthew, this does actually lay out a doctrine. You can definitely see the roles that God plays, that Jesus plays, mm -hmm. that the Holy Spirit plays. Hmm. Whereas in Matthew, to use that as a Trinitarian verse, we've seen that it all it does is list out names. Jesus, the Father. Or titles. Or titles, exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But here we see that, okay, Jesus of Nazareth, that, that whole name, I mean, a man born to a earthly city. Mm -hmm. How God anointed him, okay, there's a role, so God anointed him, with the Holy Spirit and power, figure of speech, basically both meaning power mm -hmm. and purpose. And then he went around and he used his power to heal and to uh, cast out devils. He went about doing good. I would mm -hmm. say that this verse does lay out a doctrine which is distinct from the Trinity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very distinct. Right. Absolutely. And look back in Acts chapter 2 at the Pentecost sermon of Peter a couple of different verses here. Maybe we can uh, first start by looking at verse 32 and 33. Uh, Preston, you got that? Mm -hmm. It says, This Jesus did God raise up, whereof we are all witnesses, being therefore by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured forth this which you see and hear. That's the ASV. So. Yeah. But you can see again, God is differentiated from Jesus, right? Jesus, this Jesus, God raised up. Jesus, the Messiah, was dead. But this Jesus, God raised up. God was not dead. Jesus, the Messiah, was dead. God raised up this Jesus. He says, of that we're all witnesses. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God, if you're exalted to the right hand of God, you're not God. You're exalted. God does not need to be exalted, and he's to the right hand of God. And having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit. So God the Father gave this power, gave the Spirit to Jesus Christ. He has poured out this, that which you see in here. So in a sense, Jesus becomes the channel mm -hmm. through which God the Father brings his power onto this earth. Right, yeah. I mean, after all, that's John 14, 6, right? Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Mm -hmm. It's through Jesus. Yeah. He's the channel. And, you know, another thing about that channel and the Spirit is the Spirit often is associated with the giving of life. Spirit can be breath or wind. Mm -hmm. God breathed into mankind. He became a living soul, living being. So Jesus, you can see in other places in the New Testament, becomes the channel through which God gives life, right? Mm -hmm. Like he breathed on them in, in the end of the book of John, mm -hmm. because Jesus becomes, be, became the life-giving spirit, Paul says in, in another place. Mm -hmm. But it's from the Father. 
Jesus becomes the agent or the channel for that life. And I would say that this, this verse fits 32 and 33 of Acts 2. If Jesus was a man and only a man, that verse fits. Mm. Mm-hmm. But if Jesus is somehow part or uh, 100% man and 100% God, it never says anything about Jesus going back down into his dead body, somehow being in heaven while the man Jesus was dead. Mm. None of those doctrines are present here, not even a hint of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if Jesus is a man, we know that men obviously can die. Yes. We know that God can raise men from the dead. Mm. Um, we know that God can exalt men like he did to David. He exalted him to the being king of Israel. Mm. He exalted Jesus to being Lord of all. Lord of all. Yeah, yeah. look at verse 36. Mm-hmm. Let all the house of Israel therefore know assuredly that God, okay, there's God, the Father, God has made him both Lord and Messiah, this Jesus whom you crucified. Mm-hmm. So God made him Lord. Now we'll have to another time talk about the title Lord. Mm-hmm. The title Lord does not mean you're God. Mm-hmm. There are many lords in the scriptures. Saul, King Saul is called Lord. David is called Lord. Abraham is called Lord. There are many lords in the scripture. So the title Lord does not mean you're God. And that's a topic mm-hmm. for another time. And here you can see that God made Jesus, Lord and Messiah. Again, they're differentiated. And it was this Jesus whom you crucified, who was dead. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they're differentiated just like they are back there in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. Uh, any other comments on Matthew 28, 19 before we look at one other scripture there? 2 Corinthians 13, 14? Nope. Nope. Okay, let, let's go to 2 Corinthians. I mean, just on the way, to summarize, of course we believe in God, the one God, the Father, the only true God, as Jesus called him. And in his Son, Jesus the Messiah, who's been made Lord, and God's Spirit at work in our lives on earth now. So 2 Corinthians, the very last verse of 2 Corinthians, chapter 13 and verse 14, is another scripture that people pointed out and said, look, here's the Trinity. But like Matthew 28, verse 19, it doesn't delineate that God is three persons in one God essence or something like that. And I would make this challenge again. I've asked people, I've asked theologians and PhDs and Bible exegesis, show me one place, any place in the scripture that describes God as being three persons in one divine essence. Any place. Now what they're doing is they go to the verse here and there, just like the ones we're looking at now. But we can see this is not a description of God being three persons. Mm-hmm. And Preston, I think you suggested even before that we recommend, just pause this recording for just a second and write down your definition of what or who the Trinity is, if you believe in the Trinity. Just write it down for a second. And then come back and find in the Bible where that Trinity is described. Does the Apostle Paul sit down somewhere in the book of Romans and say, now look at folks, you, everybody understand that God is three persons in one divine essence. It's nowhere. I'm still waiting a year and a half, two years later, and my friends, nobody has come to me and said, here, don't you see? Here's the Trinity described. Mm-hmm. It's not there. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14. Steph, you want to read it? Okay. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. 
Amen. Well, again, you can see a differentiation here between the Lord Jesus Christ, on the one hand, who is not God. It says right here, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and mm -hmm. the love of God. So God is being differentiated from the Lord Jesus Christ. So I think, Preston, you've said before, if you come at this text with the idea that God is the Trinity, you may read it into the text. And you might not notice that it says right there that Jesus Christ is not God. Not in this verse, mm -hmm. right? So this is not a very good verse to come and say, here's the Trinity that proved that Jesus is God or something like that. Right. And in, in case people think, well, maybe that's what Paul is meaning. Paul says twice in this chapter already, uh, delineates who God is and who the Father is. Like in um, the start of the chapter. In the book. In the book, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, uh, of Second Corinthians, in verses 2 and 3, grace to you and peace from God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. They're, they're differentiated. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And then in verse 3 is even more clear. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right. So Jesus mm -hmm. Christ has a God. He has a Father. Mm -hmm. His Father is our Father. His God is our God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, I think that verse is so clear mm -hmm. that Jesus Christ has a God. And if a person reads through a book like 2 Corinthians, you'll see this over and over again, the differentiation between God on the one hand mm -hmm. and Jesus, the Lord Jesus, the Messiah on the other hand, who was dead and whom God raised from the dead. They're clearly differentiated. And the nice thing is this fits with the whole Bible. Mm -hmm. You can read it as if it's Jesus true. were begotten of God. We believe he's the son of God. Mm -hmm. We believe he has incredible power and authority given to him by God, mm -hmm. that he was anointed with the Holy Spirit just as we get the Holy Spirit when we were baptized, as it talks mm -hmm. about in Acts. Hmm. Yeah, it's a par his experience is a parallel to our experience. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. And it, it fits with the Word. There are some verses, which is what we're going over, mm -hmm. these more difficult ones, or maybe ones that maybe lend to some other, you know, the onesie-twosie verses. Hmm. But overwhelmingly in the Bible, mm -hmm. if you go with this doctrine that Jesus was a man, you know, anointed by God, He was the Christ, the Messiah, it fits with the Word. Mm -hmm. It makes That's the Word true. just come alive. Mm -hmm. Look at here's another reference or verse right from Second Corinthians again. Just flipping through, it's chapter eleven, verse thirty-one. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus, He who is blessed forever, knows that I do not lie. So there again, Paul tells us right there, just a few verses before, mm -hmm. that Jesus has a God, and that God is called the Father. Okay, any uh, other comments before we wrap up? No, I, I think that we can see that the writers of the New Testament, they knew who God was and they knew who Jesus was. Mm -hmm. And I think they knew it so strongly that they do, they'll, they'll include them in the same verses, but knowing that they're different, completely different. Mm -hmm. you know, knowing that they're, mm -hmm. one is not the other, that they're not co-equal and all these things. And, and you really looking at other verses that are much more clear than the two that we looked at, the Matthew 20 and the 2 Corinthians 13, it, it makes everything very clear of who each one is. Mm -hmm. And if these are the best verses to try to claim that God is a trinity, that, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. Because you can see very clearly they're differentiated. We looked at it in Matthew, how Jesus has been given authority from God the Father. And here in 2 Corinthians 13, 14, 
that Jesus is differentiated from God, it's very clear. If these are the best verses to claim that God is the Trinity, wow, watch mm -hmm. out. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast or the YouTube channel and share about us on various social media platforms. Also to join the One God Report Facebook group. Next week, we plan to look at the title Lord in the scriptures. If somebody is called Lord, does that mean they're God? Then we'd like to leave with a question. It's the same question that I've asked for several years now, and no one has been able to come up with an answer. Where in the Bible is God described to be a trinity? That is, three persons together as one God. Now, you can't just look at scriptures that mention three titles in one, like the scriptures we looked at, because we saw clearly in those scriptures, that, the ones we looked at today, that the Son is not God. It says very clearly. And here's another example. Let me read from the same gospel, Matthew 24, verse 36, when Jesus talked about nobody knowing the day of his return. He said, but concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. So there are three titles mentioned together, but they're not all into one God, angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. So just by seeing a triad or three mentioned together does not one God make. So where in this Bible is God described to be a trinity, that is three persons together as one God?